Welcome to Evolution in Controls. I'm your host, Tim Wilson. Today, we're going to be talking with a special guest. Brian Drouss is the Vice President of Industrial Sales for Morel Group, and we're here to talk about the topic of post-pandemic changes, what it does for technology, what it does for companies, what it does for our business. Brian and I are going to have a conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Brian, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's start with how long have I known you? Oh, boy. Um, over, I'm going to say since 1998, so 23 years, 24 years. 90 years. 90, yeah, 98. I yeah. agree. And uh, we worked in, together in Saginaw, Michigan. We did. Now, are you from Saginaw? I originally am from Saginaw, yes. All right. And you worked for a few other places before you joined us. You I were did. Probably, you were probably 40 when you joined us, right? Oh, no. Not so, so much. No, not so much? Oh, no, wait. Late 20s. That would be me. Right. Yeah, that would that be would me. That would be you. That would be me. So let's talk about the pandemic. Obviously, we're now, this is April. It's 2022. We're two years past the pandemic. Two years ago, we were shut down. We were working, a lot of our people were working from home. You and I were in our offices. I was in Indianapolis. You were here. Mm-hmm. What do you see as different today than two years ago? Yeah, well, I would say what's different today than two years ago is how we communicate now with customers. Um, So back when, even when I first started and you first started, um, we're going to date ourselves, but there was no cell phones or even pagers. Oh, I had it. Well, you mean when we started, because I had a cell phone. in in sales, period. For me personally, Uh when I started out, there was no no communication tool like that. Yeah, that's true. And so it was um, what I'll call old school, but we would stop in and see people and go talk to them face-to-face. It was always knock on doors knock on doors and then the pagers came then the cell phones came and so all these different ways that people can communicate changed throughout those years we had pagers at morell i remember that we did we did i kept mine in the drawer yes it's probably still there it's probably still there and so how things have changed even during the pandemic was uh, to get in touch with customers now was more of a challenge so although morell we did training for 13 weeks so we shut down March 19th and went back to work the day after Memorial Day. When I say that, the sales staff, um, we did training with the product managers and sales staff, but we went back out on the road um, after Memorial Day and just tried to use creative ways to communicate with our customers besides, you know, the, the WebExes and emails because our customers are getting inundated with emails and the same type of tools and technology. So that's what we did while the pandemic was going on. What changes have, have lasted and become permanent changes in the way that we do our business? Yeah, I would say for sure though that the, the world of video conferencing and conferencing with customers is here to stay. That's not going to go away. Um, did you buy stock in Zoom pre-pandemic? I did not. Um, we wouldn't be sitting here. No. No. So as far as with, with us, with the WebEx and, and getting customers to, to join meetings and training via WebEx, we put all of those tools together early on. But during, I would say within six months, our customers were already burnt out from vendors reaching out to them for training and, hey, you know what, you want to see this new widget or this new system. So actually morale changed dramatically in those two years. What's the most creative thing that you remember that we did, or one of the more creative things that we did to try and get the customer's attention? So what we did was our customers now, if you walk out in our back room, 
we have no less than five customer machines out back that we're outfitting with Morel technology and Rexroth technology, most of it. So as far as the challenges that customers have today is that they don't have the resources or the time to make changes and updates to their machines. So we're able to kind of lend them a hand um, to get that process done. Are you saying that they don't have the, the people and the resources because of the pandemic? Sure. I Why? Am. Well, how did the pandemic create that? Um, a lot of people retired. Right. A lot of people that were um, maybe late 50s, early 60s that, you know, still kind of worked. My age? And, yeah, your age. Yeah. But you got five more years yet, Tim. It's on camera. So as far as um, we, we had to change our ways and they have to change their ways. And so when customers lose that person or that group of people that have 20 to 30 years of industry experience, um, they're looking for help. And so they either take their hired kids out of school and nourish them and take them through a process or they hire people from like industries and try to get them to adapt to their culture. Both are challenges. And so where our strength is, is in the motion control side, that's where we help, um, we give customers a hand. Did the work at home, two years of working at home, did that, does that have any lasting impact of course. on our customers, yeah. on our business? Yeah, actually I just spoke to a customer about that last week. Okay. And so he, what's happening is that there's a lack of collaboration. You can plan your WebEx meetings or your meetings online for video, but you cannot, you cannot change the impromptu training that a mentor would give to a student. And the lack of, hey, you come to my office because I have a question, that is missing from that type of um, structure. And so what happens is the process, from my perspective, will take longer to train people, even if or, or if they do or don't have experience within your, your, their products or what they're selling. So Morel is a very unique organization in terms of the way that we go to market, in terms of the way that we interface and interact with our customers. What have we lost, if anything, through the pandemic? I would say the biggest thing that we lost is touching people more often, visiting people face-to-face -face more often. And the value Why of- Why is that important? Um, I believe people still read you and people still listen and watch your, your body um, people, language people and how you react. People. people buy from people. So um, they're reading you and they can they figure out if they can trust you or not. No different than anybody being judged within the first few seconds or minutes of meeting one another. We miss the opportunity to qualify ourselves in the eyes of the customer. I would agree with that. I would. So it's it's much harder to do on, on a WebEx and video also. So yes, we do it to get by and that's some of, some of the customers, that's their preferred way of doing it. But as far as our best results come when we're face-to-face -face having that interaction, having a whiteboard where we can have basically an impromptu with the customer as well as what we would if we were trying to teach somebody. Because essentially what's happening when customers visit us or we visit them, it is an impromptu training. We're learning their machine. And so they can give us those details and we can ask and we can get those questions answered right then and there. We've hired new salespeople post-pandemic. 
obviously we give them instructions, we give them training, we talk to them about how we want them to go through their jobs and go about their jobs. What do we tell them differently today than we told them in, in 2018? Yeah, I, I would still say that the biggest thing that we have to and communicate and get across to, to our sales team is to understand the machine. If you understand a customer's machine, you can help them and it doesn't matter what products that you have. And that's how it works. And so by helping them and they recognize the value, that's the biggest thing that I could tell somebody that's new today versus maybe a three years ago where we could go out and say, hey, you know what? Here's the Morel line card. We have a very strong lineup of um, worldly products with Rex Ross, Sick, Hydac. In today's landscape, that is important, but I'm not sure that's the most important factor in today's landscape. Our customers are looking for machine knowledge and how it implements into their machine. That's what they want. All right, since you brought up the vendors that we deal with, and, and specifically Bosch Rexroth, technology company, technology-driven company, has the pandemic, now that we're post-pandemic, has the pan pandemic affected how companies adopt new technology? Or has it affected the pace of new technology being developed? I think it has. So from a, from an automation and a hydraulic standpoint, for, for Rexroth, at least I can speak for them, they're acquiring companies um, at a pace that I've never seen. Hmm. So I've been with Morel for 24 years. On the automation side, they've made the investment in acquiring companies and they're making the investment in people. So on the hydraulic side of it, the hydraulic team is doing the same thing where they're integrating now the technology of electrics with hydraulics. And so as far as that's not been done in a long time. With, with some of our other vendors, they're all doing things that are electronically. Do you mean like the mobile electrification or Cytronics, yes. things like that? Yeah, they want everything to be able to communicate with a central location now, right? So they want people to be able to, we talk about phone remote. Home. They want to phone That's correct. Home. We talk about people working remote. That's one of the biggest things our customers see as a benefit. If we can do now what we would call a wireless communication or they can hook up into an ethernet network and still be able to troubleshoot a machine, that's where this world's going. That That's what they want to have that ability to do because to send a service person out nowadays also the cost of that especially today try, try to book a flight without a 30 percent increase from just four weeks ago yeah so uh, imagine what it could be in a year of what the cost could be so now i'm going to send somebody to uh, let's just say a region that maybe shut down from from COVID or maybe shut down for a certain reason how do i troubleshoot the machine so until they make those advancements um, I think that they're stuck. Yes, they can get exemptions. It'll get done, but just not in the same speed. So do you expect that Bosch Rexroth is going to make new or more or different demands on Morel marketing their products because of post-pandemic? Yeah, I don't know if I would call it demands, Tim. I would, I would say that Rexroth as a partner understands what our capabilities are. I think that they would see us as a prime partner for these, uh, what I'll call advanced technologies, that they would they would, you know, partner with us to say, here's all the things that we have coming in the pipeline. We know Morel has those capabilities, and that we would go through that process with them and that growth here in the United States. Well, let me ask a different question: supply chain problems that we're all going through right now are a pandemic-related problem, all derived from the pandemic. 
what has Morel done to overcome some of these supply chain problems? And has any of that been driven by our manufacturers? Sure. So what we, our biggest thing is that we've invested. So even before all these shortages happened, we invested in our linear, we invested in the uh, drives and controls, we, we invested in hydraulics, sick. All of our key product lines, we invested ahead of time and bought inventory. We did that pretty early on. Too. We did, we did. And so our, our, our partners, they allow us to buy at price points that allows us to take market share and still be able to house a larger amount of inventory than normal. Okay, so let's project now five years into the future. What does that look like? So we've, we've invested in material, we're, we've got machine, uh, customer machines here on our floor, we've got resources, new technology. What does Morel look like five years from now? Um, I would say we'll continue. I think that you will see like uh, an AGV riding around out back. You will see a robot, uh, you know, a cobot. We'll have all different types of automation. You'll see a conveyor that does, you know, multi-processes. I believe that you'll see, you know, hydraulics that are tied to, you know, no tanks um, type situation. So um, that's on the product side. Right. I believe that the customers are going to drive us to do even more within understanding their equipment and then applying those technologies to the equipment. So just in the two or three short years that we've done this process, and I haven't even mentioned the motioneers yet. So as far as within the two or three years that we um, invested in our customers and they allowed us to take a machine and put it out back and you know outfit it with our equipment, um, when we bring customers through, they wanna understand, well, how do, how do you guys help us? They're trying to figure that out. And so I believe by having the team of the motioneers, that's seven people strong now. Talk about the motioneers for a second. Yeah, so the motioneer concept is we have a team of concept engineers that will look at a machine or look at an application and come up with a solution and give customers a 3D conceptual drawing and a, and a budgetary price for whatever solution that our customers throw at us. So what they do is they collaborate from the customer to find out not necessarily like a product need, it's a, a understanding what the customer needs within the application or a current application that isn't working right. That team in itself stays in-house at Morel in Auburn Hills and they have a, you know, a, on, on right now on pace, you know, we're doing 20 projects a month through that team alone. So, and it just had its one year anniversary on, on Friday. So it's exciting and I see that team growing and I see that more customers are going to ask us to get involved in prototypes, R&D. Um, again, it's, it's, already, it's already doubled and tripled. So you see, you see the Motioneer team expanding. I do. You see Morel continuing to do these types of things that we're doing now, but you seem to think that we're gonna get more involved than we currently are with our customers. I do. I do. Um, we developed the, the partnerships and relationships with customers at a level today um, versus when I first started. We were able to solve applications, supply components or, or systems. But in today's landscape, we are deeply entrenched with, with partners that we understand their machines sometimes better than some of their own people. Is it conceivable that Morel doubles or triples in size in that five years period of time? I do believe so, yes. That's exciting. It's very exciting. Brian, I appreciate you taking time to meet with us. No problem. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to check us out on whatever platform you use to watch video podcasts, morel-group.com. Thank you very much. Keep moving.